up everything. Well, a lot is up. Everything is up. And since Ian is up there in Texas, I'm here alone to cover it in this special bonus pod. So let's get started and let's go news. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys, One Cup podcast. It is one guy, uh, and I, well, I guess I have a cup nearby, but it's just me today on uh, Monday, December 21st, as I sit here um, alone recording a special bonus podcast for all of you. I threw up a uh, poll on Twitter today and uh, didn't get a lot of responses because I threw it up at an awkward time, but it seemed like the majority of people wanted a kind of immediate reaction pod to the news that the NHL dropped. There hasn't been hockey news in like five months, so naturally the league decided to drop all of it right after Ian left town and we have recorded two episodes in advance. So uh, for those that didn't listen last episode or don't remember, uh, our Steen talk will be on the next episode. Uh, some of our Christmas talk will be on that episode, and I'm sure I will have to go and record updates from what uh, happens between now and Thursday uh, to talk about the news then as well. So that'll all be coming on Thursday, uh, your regularly scheduled episode, and then um, you know after that, hopefully, you know, I'll be back in town and we'll be good to go. But uh, the NHL dropped the uh, mother load of news in uh, the last few days here officially announcing the start of its season uh, after you know following what had been kind of rumored in the in the weeds uh, for days and and weeks in some cases but um, it's official now and uh, my plan here is I've just got a bunch of stuff that I'm going to read through and kind of react to um, and uh, you know We'll kind of I will learn a lot of it as I go along because I haven't read some of the taxi squad stuff closely um, and some of the other things here, um, you know, that I will discover as we go. So bear with me. And, you know, if, you, if you're uh, not into this solo vibe and this one guy reads and reacts to stuff vibe, then feel free to tune this one out and, and check out the next one. But here we go. So the NHL announced that it's going to return and it's going to uh, hit that start date of January 13th. They're not going to have any exhibition games, uh, which means that this is going to be some very sloppy hockey early on in the season. But uh, the waiver period will begin December 28th. The uh, training camps for the teams that did not participate in the qualifying round last year will be December 31st, and then the rest of the teams will get started on January 3rd, 2021, and then they will have 10 days to prepare for that tentative January 13th start date. Um, the uh, 
interesting aspect of of all of this, of course, is that the expansion draft is is looming at the end of this season. So on February 1st, teams can ask players to waive their no movement clauses uh, regarding the 2021 expansion draft. Uh, for the Blues, I don't think that's really going to be an issue. I don't think they have anyone that, um, you know, that particularly pertains to. I don't even know. They don't have any no movement clauses at all. So, um, yeah, that's what ended up kind of chasing Petrangelo out of town. So, uh, you know, guys with no trade clauses don't have to be protected. So they should be good to go there. On April 12th uh, is when we expect the trade deadline to be this season, according to Bob McKenzie, Darren Drager, and others. Uh, and then May 8th will be the end of the regular season. If all goes according to plan, there will be 56 games per team. Of course, um, you know, there's, I'm sure they have some contingency plans, but they haven't necessarily announced what the plan is. If, uh, teams have to miss games because of positive cases or what that will look like, but uh, those are the dates for now. The playoffs will start on May 11th. The playoffs will uh, end no later than uh, July 15th, assuming nothing is pushed forward. Um, and then uh, the deadline for the NHL teams to submit their expansion draft protection list is uh, July 17th. The expansion draft will happen on July 21st. The NHL draft will take place on July 23rd and 24th, and then July 28th will be the start of free agent frenzy, um, and then July 29th will be the day that all of the uh, reporters shuffle off to their, uh, you know, winter homes and or their summer homes and, and get off Twitter for a while. So, you know, this is a season that's compressed, obviously heavily compressed, but gets becomes you know resembles more and more normal as you get towards the end of it uh by the end of these things you only have free agency happening you know about a month later than it normally would have it's just that um you know you don't have uh, a month before to prepare for it so um this is going to be interesting obviously there's not a ton of wiggle room here if they do need to move things around and change things so they're hoping and, and planning with the taxi squads that we'll talk about in a bit to try and go straight through and get this all done in a year and then obviously the big date that we've mentioned on pods previously is that they're going to you know they're going to return to hopefully a fully normal schedule uh, in October of, of the following year, October 2021, they hopefully will have a full season, a normal season, hopefully with full fans, uh, you know, God willing and vaccine willing and COVID willing, but hopefully with full fans and then we'll be kind of out of this whole pandemic situation. Uh, not done with the consequences, which is, of course, something else we talk about. Honest to God, I don't remember which pod either. You've already heard it or you'll hear it. Uh, on Thursday, but, um, you know, they, uh, they will have moved through um, at least the worst of the no fans era by the end of this season. And, and, you know, you can hope that they may be able to get some fans in this year. In fact, uh, I believe Dallas is supposed to have as many as 5,000 fans in attendance in uh, American Airlines Arena, which I believe is a, a bigger arena. Um, Florida is expected to have fans. Tampa uh, is going to have some fans, I think, but they hadn't announced uh, for 
Uh, sure. So Florida, I guess, will be the first team to return to regular attendance because, you know, if they let 2,000 people into that building, that's pretty much full for them. So, uh, you know, had to, had to do it to you, Florida. I'm sorry about that, but I'm here alone, so I've got to amuse myself. The new divisions, uh, the um, North Division, which I kind of like that they called it the North rather than the Canadian Division or the All-Canada Division, uh, is obviously the seven Canadian teams, Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. The NHL does not know currently for certain that the teams will be allowed to play in their home stadiums for the full season. British Columbia has gotten a lot of heat for potentially preventing the Vancouver Canucks from playing there. Freeze Fuck me. you, Vancouver. I feel like she... That's right. Emu. She shit <laughs> But neither of Quebec nor Ontario have uh, consented, at least as last I heard, to uh, the teams that uh, play in their provinces playing there. So that would also affect the Canadians, the Maple Leafs, and the um, uh, Senators. And, you know, I I have seen some, I, and I'm not calling him out because I love him, but I saw it most notably from Chris Kerber last night. Some of this, and I see this a lot with the NHL, and I think it's really a problem. Some of this logic of, hey, hockey's back. We're not allowed to question anything. You know, we've got to have a positive attitude. Gary Bettman has graced us with hockey and we should be thankful. And that's just pretty short-sighted to me and silly. I mean, that the only thing that we have known pretty much for sure throughout this whole process is that the can there was going to be an all-Canadian division. And the logic for that was always that Canada wasn't going to allow people to travel across the border and travel in and do a game and then travel back home, you know? So you couldn't have, like, we would normally have a game against Winnipeg and then, you know, a game against Minnesota or whatever, because we'd have to come to Winnipeg quarantine for 10 days or 14 days or whatever, play the game and then, you know, leave. So that was always the logic. And now to find out that this entire time, they have never known for sure that Canada is even going to allow these teams to play in their home stadiums, in their home country, even. No disrespect no... to our Canadian listeners. <clears throat> oh, no disrespect to oh. our, Can you know what, Canada, Fuck. get it together. And so, you know, when you talk about teams, maybe not playing in Canada, like you, you know, like the Raptors, I believe, are, are setting up to play in Orlando or not, not in Canada at the very least. You see, I think maybe Tampa, you, the logic for having an all Canadian division completely falls apart at that point. And I know that it's fun. I know that it's cool to have an all Canadian division and it's cool to uh, have those teams together. And I get that. But at the same time, it screws everybody else over. You know, we'll talk about these other divisions. Our division is stupid uh, because of, you know, kind of the geographical alignment of it. The central division is stupid. The eastern division are all, you know, on, on the same postage stamp of real estate. So they're fine, but they're always fine because of the cluster of teams. Uh, the west division is Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Los Angeles, Minnesota and St. Louis, both of us ended up in there somehow. And then San Jose and Vegas. And listen, that's, I'm not as upset about that as some people are. I think I'm going to be up late 
Um, another to his credit, a tweet I saw Luke Korak retweet is there are a lot of people on Twitter at 1 p 1 a.m. right now complaining about, um, you know, people about games that might end late. And I, I completely agree with that. I think a lot of people are whining about that just to whine about it. But it's also it is weird. It does mean more travel. And it does especially mean that we lose our natural rivalries against Chicago and Nashville, especially and Dallas, you know, to some extent, too. Uh, they're in the Central Division, Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay, which is more or less logical, except it kind of has to go from the northern tip of the country to the southern tip to get, you know, Tampa and, and Florida in there and then all the way up north to Chicago. So it, you know, is in roughly the same east-west region, but not in the same north-south region at all. Um it just doesn't make a lot of sense to have these divisions this way unless all the Canadian teams are in Canada. Maybe it'll work out for them. Maybe they'll figure something out. Um, but that just seems, you know, it seems like they're doing fan service for Canada. And, um, you know, it, it's a cheap way to get Canadian teams into the final four of the playoffs, which they will still lose, I'm confident, because none of those teams are going to hold a candle to the likes of, you know, Vegas or Colorado or, you know, probably Dallas or Tampa or, you know, Washington, Pittsburgh, really anyone in the East. So it doesn't really matter in the long run. Obviously, it is good that we have hockey, but I kind of hate that mindset of like, well, you can't say this is stupid because it's hockey. And so we've got to like everything the NHL does. I think that's how they kind of perpetually stay the fourth. And if you want to even generously call them that sport in the uh, U.S. is by kind of logic like that. But in any case, the East Division is Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh and Washington, which will be a fun division. I'm I'm so sorry to the Buffalo Sabres who went out and got um, Taylor Hall on a big one-year deal, even though they haven't had revenue. Um, and uh, yeah, once again, April 12th trade deadline will be the last date that he will be a Buffalo Sabre. Um, but yeah, Buffalo and New Jersey really get jobbed by this pretty hard. Uh, but what are you going to do? Pretty hard to avoid that cluster of teams that are all right there in the northeast the uh nhl has released some pretty helpful 2020-21 need to know graphics one of them reads how will the stanley cup playoffs work the stanley cup playoffs would feature 16 teams in the traditional best of seven four-round format and conclude around mid-july with the plan of returning to a normal hockey calendar for the 2021-22 season regular season beginning in october the top four teams in each division will qualify for the stanley cup playoffs with interdivisional play in the first two rounds number one versus four and number two versus three the four teams that advance to the semifinal round will be seeded by their regular season point totals with the number one seed playing the number four seed in one series and the number two and number three seeds meeting in the other. And then they also asked, where will games be played this season, which will inform our last argument. In reaching agreement on the format for the 2020-21 season, the NHL and NHLPA determined that the ongoing closure of the U.S.-Canada border required realignment, and the league and the players also sought to minimize team travel as much as possible by shifting to exclusively interdivisional play. It is the current plan to play games in the home arenas of participating teams while understanding that most arenas will not, at least in the initial part of the season, be able to host fans. However, depending on prevailing conditions, both in local markets and across North America, the league will be prepared to play games in one or more neutral site venues per division should it become 
necessary. So that means that you could see, you know, oh, uh, Canadian games in, I don't know, Red Deer or somewhere in Alberta where they are apparently allowing fans, or not allowing fans, but allowing teams to play somewhere in, you know, I don't know what even a neutral site in the central is KC maybe you'd see or in the West, I guess that would be called. You'd see the blues be able to play or something. So, you know, I think it's good that they have those contingency plans, but at the same time, the fact that they need it is a little bit to the point of, of, you know, this is a little sloppy and a little rushed, which is another reason that maybe they shouldn't have saved it until the very last moment. But with that said, it's exciting to have hockey. I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, as much as I will miss not having 10 games against Chicago or Nashville or Dallas, it's going to be a lot of fun to see Connor McDavid eight times or um, Connor McDavid's not in the West. I'm an idiot, um, but uh, he's in the Canadian division, but it'll be fun to see Colorado eight times, Vegas eight times. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun to beat up on Minnesota eight times, Arizona eight times. It's going to be a nightmare if we, if they play us as well as last year. Um, and then Anaheim, Los Angeles and San Jose. I just don't see any of those teams being relevant this year. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's pretty easy to pick your top four here. To me, it's it's St. Louis, Colorado, and Vegas running away. And then I guess your fourth is a debate between Minnesota and Arizona. And maybe maybe San Jose isn't quite as bad as they were last year. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a top-heavy division for sure. But it'll still be fun to, to get those rivalries. And then to play some of those teams in the first and hopefully we make it to the second round is going to be a lot of fun to watch. So uh, there's a lot of good here and I don't want everything to be negative, but um, there's certainly some things to criticize and complain about the taxi squad rules. Now I have not read any of this yet uh, to be perfectly honest. So I will be learning along with you. If you have not yet read these uh, notes, the taxi squad will feature a minimum of four players to a maximum of six. And I believe this is uh, written by capfriendly.com. So credit to them for this. Waivers are required for players who would require waivers to be loaned to the minors, which um, in which is, I think, one-way contracts, essentially. Recalls for NHL games must occur before 5 p.m. Eastern, excluding goalies if less than two goalies are available to play for the team. One goalie required on the taxi squad for teams with less than three goalies on the active roster, and the one goalie must be available for all home and away games in this situation. So essentially what that's saying, and this is maybe one of the more interesting developments for the Blues, is that three goalies are required on uh, either your active roster or your taxi squad. So I, I, I really doubt we give that third goalie role to John Gillies as much as he's played, you know, 12 NHL games in his career. I think you will look and probably see the blues go out and try and get a, um, uh, what's his name? Howard, Jimmy Howard, or, um, a, uh, you know, Craig Anderson, somebody with a, it's literally 12 games for John Gillies, somebody with a, a little bit of experience um, who might be able to, you know, kind of not necessarily chase um, Billy Huso from his post, but might be able to give him a little competition. Uh, you know, Anton Forsberg is a uh, sign, never mind, but um, Jimmy Howard's out there, Craig Robinson, 
the Ryan Miller, who is not our assistant GM, former Blue Ryan Miller is out there. Garrett Sparks, I know, is, you know, it's a little bit of a joke because of his, you know, up and down season, but he's out there. John Francois Barube has played some NHL minutes. Um, you know, there, there are names out there that I could see Jared Coro could come back, but I doubt he'd be any better than uh, Gillies, really. There are names out there I could see the Blues trying to go and get one of those guys. Uh, of course, you know, there will be other teams in that situation. So if that's their intention, uh, they better go ahead and act and, and get one now. Um, but um, that's a, that's a smart, you know, smart decision because they don't want a rash of, of David Ayers all over the place. Um, they really need to have uh, a contingency plan for goalies most of all. The last day of training camp is the first day players can be loaned to the taxi squad. The taxi squad dissolves when the season ends. Taxi squad members can practice with the NHL team, join team activities, travel with the team, although this is not required. Taxi squad members cannot practice or join activities other than those with the NHL team. AHL team activities, for example, are not permitted. If a taxi squad player is deemed unfit to play in by either injury, illness, or COVID isolation, et cetera, the team can request they do not count towards the sick player limit. For the cap hit, the effect on the team's cap hit while on the taxi squad is equivalent to if the players were playing in the minors. So it's a buried cap hit. It doesn't affect the overall salary cap. Uh, injuries. Players injured while on the taxi squad are assumed to have been injured while in the minors, which would also mean... Uh, you know, that w it wouldn't affect their cap hit. Um, and then they are paid a standard NHL salary if they're on a way one-way contract and a two-way salary if they're on a minor's contract. Um, so that's interesting. I think it's a good idea for the NHL to have some sort of taxi squad system set up. Uh, it's, you know, it's important for these teams to be prepared. It, you know, that, that makes it seem like if they, if they get one test, one positive test and, and can isolate a guy and don't get other positive tests that they will try and continue games, which are, you know, could be um, kind of pretty necessary. We've seen the NFL do a lot of that this year and, and with varying degrees of success. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this is fine. It'll be interesting to see who is on the Blues taxi squad. You can see an argument for just putting your four or five best prospect young guys who are most NHL ready on there, like your Kostin, Mikola, Perunovic sort of guys, and just calling them on there. But you can also see a pretty strong argument for getting the, as much as it shudders to say me, for me to say this, shudders me to say this, uh, the Troy Brower type or somebody who's got a little bit of veteran uh, instinct and can, you know, have a role on the team as a, as a passenger, as well as if he has to step up and play. Uh, you know, isn't a total stranger to the NHL. So probably a mixture of both, I would think. I think you would see a couple of guys get PTOs and then maybe a guy like Costin or, or Mikola be on there as well with your goalie. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. But uh, the Blues have plenty of guys in that kind of Pagansky, Nolan Stevens tier uh, who could step into that role. Nathan Walker is another guy.
not a not a prospect as much, but another guy that could kind of step into that role and, and be on that taxi squad just fine. So I don't think they'll need to go out and sign a rash of, of veterans to kind of fill that role, but you never know what uh, Doug Armstrong will do. Um, I'll uh, read some of these, the key questions and answers on the 2020-21 season on the NHL.com website. Uh, when will training camps open? We already discussed that. Will there be preseason games? No. When will the season end? Regular season ends on May 8th. Uh, best of seven format. Uh, Mid-July is the end of the playoffs. Will the schedule and health safety call protocols be announced? They say um, later this week, in the coming days, rather. Where will the games be played? Will fans be permitted to do attend? We answered that as well. Uh, there will be temporary realignment, and we know the playoff format. So that is the skinny basically on the return to play as it stands right now. All of that is of course subject to change and change pretty heavily and significantly, I would think as the um, weeks ahead progress, you know, we're sitting here right now, basically just over three weeks from when they want to start hockey and, you know, Christmas will be here. And, and then once it's, you know, kind of new year's day, then it's under two weeks. So that's exciting. It's great to have that back. And, you know, from the podcast standpoint, it's really exciting to hear, um, to think about uh, that possibility and, and having games to cover and all of that. That's all great, wonderful stuff and really super exciting. Um, but there are a lot of questions here as well. And the NHL did a fantastic job. I think they probably haven't gotten enough credit uh, for the bubble in uh Edmonton and in Toronto, probably the most successful um, COVID isolation sports league anywhere in the world, as far as I know. I don't. I think the NH. I think the NBA did really well with its playoff bubble as well. But you know, the NHL and deserves a, a whole lot of credit for pulling that off well. And I don't certainly wouldn't suggest that they're taking anything lightly. Uh, but there are some concerns and there are co questions uh, about how they're going to do this with travel. The NFL, like I said, has had kind of varying degrees of success this year in terms of um, what uh, has and hasn't worked for them. And so uh, we'll see how the NHL does it, but you know, you know, they're going to fight and claw to try and pull this off and, and do it well. So uh, yeah, we'll just see. We'll see how they do. And, and I'm excited. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about before discussing the last bit of news here for the Blues uh, is, um, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about the Mike Hoffman free agency situation. And, um, you know, other people are pointing to Eric Howla and Mikhail Granlund a little bit too. Um, as other alternatives, I will, I'll speak freely and just say that I'm not, I'm not that interested in Hoffman. I certainly see the argument for why you go out and sign him. He's a, you know, perennial 25 to 30 goal scorer. He's been on bad teams and, you know, could do even better on a good team potentially. Um, you know, he's obviously one of the more consistent kind of top six scorers that you would ever be able to get in, in free agency, let alone this late in free agency. Um, with that said, I personally still have some 
doubts about all this stuff with uh, Carlson family. And, and, you know, I don't know the full story and I'm not trying to cast aspersions on Mike Hoffman. Uh, but for those that don't know, that was a, a rumored story a couple of years ago about uh, Hoffman's, I believe, fiance at the time, potentially kind of cyberbullying Eric Carlson's wife um, over um, a, a miscarriage that she had. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know all the details. And so I'm not, not disqualifying Mike Hoffman for that or by any stretch. It was a bigger concern for me when Alex Petrangelo was still here, obviously, as his family had been through that tragic loss as well. Um, it's still a concern, though, just, you know, because you want good character guys in your room. And, um, you know, this is a guy that Ottawa kind of forced out. and. Um, you know, has been kind of in Florida and Florida obviously doesn't want to keep. And so, you know, that's one of, you start to wonder if it's just one of those guys that wears thin in a clubhouse after a while. I'm a lot more interested in Mikel Granlund, independent of, of that. Um, I think he'll be a little cheaper um, and he is kind of younger and, and hasn't really gotten a good role. I think he's, he's going to have a little more flexibility to go up and down the lineup and play some kind of defensive penalty killing type minutes. Two, he's a little more flexible in terms of being a center or a wing. Um, and, you know, I think he's a guy that can kind of fill in up the lineup when Tarasenko, while Tarasenko's out, but then drop down and do a, um, you know, more support role when he's back and, and do some more things for us. And I think Eric Howell in the same way has some of that flexibility, can certainly play center uh, in the wing and kill penalties, which, you know, you can never have enough guys that kill penalties, especially if you're in a season where you might lose guys um, unexpectedly and, and have to fill holes. Uh, never hurts to have a few extra guys that know what they're doing on special teams. So uh, I'd be a lot more interested in seeing either of those guys come in and be signed uh, here than um, Hoffman personally, and even to some extent, uh, Carl Soderberg, even I don't know what his plan is or if he even plans to um you know play in the nhl this year but um he's another guy i'd be a little more interested in um because of um just his versatility and his experience and you know a, a good center uh who can play up and down the lineup a little bit and then i don't think it'll happen in a million years but i honestly wouldn't hate to see the uh, blues get sammy vatman uh, because, you know, you have lost a, a big presence on your right side and, um, you know, you want to see Falk and, and, um, and uh, Pareko fill those top two roles and, and get those roles nailed down. Um, but be behind that, your right side's really thin on experience. Uh, you've got Robert Bortuzzo, who is, you know, we know what Robert Bortuzzo is, and with all due respect to him, not a difference maker, a guy who can fill a role for sure uh, and do some important things for you. Obviously a great clubhouse guy, but not a guy that you want necessarily playing every game of a compressed season. Um, and so, you know, right now it, it it seems likely that you would have kind of Vince Dunn or, or Marco Scandella playing on their offside maybe um, to facilitate kind of where your strengths and weaknesses are right now. Um, but um, I really wouldn't be opposed to having Sammy Vatman come in and, you know, kind of looking at um, Falk, Krug, Pareko, Scandella, and Vatman Dunn as like your top six 
and then kind of going from there um, and being flexible wherever you need to be flexible. But I don't think that's likely to happen. It's just kind of a personal like, hey, this would be interesting to me. And uh, so I thought I'd throw that out there so that I can sound like a genius and the one in a hundred chance that it does happen. But yeah, I mean, the Blues uh, with the with the Steen retirement announcement with um, Tarasenko being on LPIR to start the season, although, you know, Armstrong has basically said he doesn't want to really dip into that cap room because he fully expects Tarasenko to be back. Uh, so I'd have to be creative to make it all fit, but um, have a little flexibility. The number one priority has to be signing Vince Dunn and finding a role for him that gets him more minutes and, and more exposure, which is another reason I think if you have a an experienced guy down there like Sammy Vatman to play with instead of um, you know, a, a younger or, or um, older veteran guy who's not maybe as good, um, you can see him being more of a you know, 20 minute guy with a Vatten and then with a Bortuzzo. But um, I don't necessarily expect that. I think you still have to get done in first and see what his number is going to be. And then you can kind of play around on the margins and add a piece. I, I think I kind of lean towards expecting the Blues to add a piece because that seems to be kind of Armstrong's motif anyway and late in the off season tends tends to be his move and i wouldn't be surprised to see him do it again this year but you never know uh if we enter with the team we have right now we'll still be very competitive in this division and be just fine so uh like i said number one thing is to get uh vince dunn signed and settled and and you know hopefully make him a part of this team for a long time the last thing um that i wanted to mention before we move on here is um that uh jeremy rutherford announced on twitter last night kind of snuck it in under the wire that uh according to sources ryan o'reilly will be named the blues 23rd captain in club history this is not a surprise to anyone uh, i don't think especially i know we've had you know, some discussions about, well, Shin is here longer. Maybe it should be him or Pareko's taking the Petrangelo role. Maybe it should be him. But, um, you know, O'Reilly really stepped into this role uh, when he arrived and kind of took a leadership role in the clubhouse during the Stanley Cup season, won the Conn Smythe, won the Sulky Trophy, is your best all-around forward and probably player now with Petrangelo gone. Um, and... Um, you know, is, is playing a lot of minutes on the ice, is an outspoken, thoughtful guy, um, is, a, you know, kind of a lady bing contender too. So he's never in the box or making mistakes very often. Um, you know, pretty much your prototypical captain and, and no surprise that he is the guy that's going to get this. I think it's the right call. You know, he's got three years left on his deal and you could say, well, you know, we don't want to, another situation where our captain leaves. But I think, you know, you pick the guy that's there right now to lead the team. Um, you know, Bernie Federko, after Brian Sutter retired, got one year as the captain before he left. But wouldn't it have been weirder to have someone else that wasn't Bernie Federko be captain that year? Like, it, it just it needs to be who you have at that moment. And, and I think uh, Ryan O'Reilly is absolutely the guy. And another guy who thinks that is uh, Alex Petrangelo, who texted Jeremy Rutherford. Um, I like I like in uh, in the athletic articles when it says things like Petrangelo wrote this in a text message to the Athletic Sunday night. No, he, he wrote it in a text message to Jeremy Rutherford, but um, you know it's uh, 
that's that's how it goes in professional journalism. Uh, he's a good choice, Petrangelo wrote. One of the hardest working guys I know. Leads by example every day. Has succeeded in this league for a long time and for good reason. I was happy to have him by my side for a few years. Great person, teammate, and player. He will make a great captain. Good luck to him. No doubt he is the right choice. So um, if you're old captain's opinions on uh, who the new captain is going to be matter to you, then uh, there you have it. Uh, Petrangelo gives uh, O'Reilly two thumbs up. Now, if you want to spread mindless conspiracy theories, you can, you know, argue that Petrangelo has it out for his old team and is trying to convince people that uh, the wrong choice is actually the right choice. But, um, you know, I think that's a, obviously a joke, and, and I think it's pretty clear that O'Reilly was the guy. Armstrong had a comment here. He said, really what we need to do now is hope that the next tier of players has gained the knowledge from Bo Meester uh, and have gained the knowledge from Steen on what it takes to win and what it takes to lead. This was a comment on um, kind of the transition and leadership in the locker room with veterans and Petrangelo lead, leaving. Um and, uh, you know, this isn't official. Obviously, the O'Reilly News isn't official yet, but this is more gen general comment from Armstrong. I'm not big on you need to verbalize. What you need to do is you do it and have them follow. Bo Meester and Steam retired as Blues obviously gave their body to the Blues in the NHL, and I think our players can learn from that. With Petro and Jake, too, they were important players on our team. I'm hoping that everyone's learned from these guys on what it took to be successful, and now they have to lead the charge. Um so, yeah, I mean, O'Reilly's the captain. There's no surprise there. I think the right call, I think, you know, you were kind of grasping at straws to argue for anyone else. And I think he's the guy that they'll find a way to keep him, you know, hopefully not an eight-year deal or a seven-year deal, even when he's 32 and negotiating his next contract. Hopefully he'll do a four-year or something more like the Steen deal. But um, I, I do think he's a guy that will age extremely well, keeps himself in, in very good shape. And a lot of his game is more kind of mental positioning and, and stick work than it is skating or speed or kind of raw physical attributes. So uh, hopefully he's a captain for a long time. Um, you know, maybe gives a, a Sutter a run for his money in terms of um, holding that thing for, for a decade. You know, it's, that'd be a long, he'd be 39 by the end of that. So probably not a full decade, but um, you know, I, I'd really love O'Reilly to kind of take over where Petrangelo left off as sort of the next face of this franchise and the guy that you hope they get to build a statue for outside. Um, there's a lot of questions about this team right now, and I think it's something Ian and I will go into more when we next get together. Um, you know, we've talked about it a lot, the, the upheaval in this team and really the transition that they've gone through in a lot of ways. And I think people are probably underestimating uh, to a large extent, how different this team is from the team that won the Stanley Cup in 2019. Uh, it has just been one season, although it's been, you know, like 73 months since we won that cup. Um, but there's a lot that's changed here, a lot of transformation, some good, some bad, some we're not sure yet. But um, there are certainly big questions to be asked. Um, and I think O'Reilly is the right guy to answer some of those and uh, has a big has a big role to fill. I think, you know, as, as a guy that has pretty outspokenly said in the past that I don't think the captaincy is really that important and that we give too much weight to it, uh, O'Reilly feels a little bit different and that he's really going to have to step into a clubhouse that, uh, you know, he knows all these guys and, and obviously they respect and, and 
will follow him, but at the same time, he's stepping into a clubhouse that's lost uh, all of its veterans, pretty much all of its long-term tenured guys, except for, you know, Shin and Schwartz have been on the team a while and, and you know, will continue to be presumably, at least in Shin's case, for a long time. But, um, you know, Allen's out the door, Petrangelo out the door, the Bomeister out the door, Steen retired. Those are those are four of your longest tenured Blues now. And O'Reilly is not that long a tenured Blues compared to some of these other guys. Uh, but he's going to have to step in and take the reins and, and kind of take charge and, and reshape this team a little bit and you know kind of compose the locker room his own way and and figure all that out and that'll be interesting to watch it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year i'm really excited for hockey to be back uh, as much as i complain about some of the specifics of the nhl um this is all great news in the long run and in terms of at least we have hockey so um i think that's that's all i've really got today let me do one more scan to make sure that no massive news has broken right as I've been uh, reading and, and typing and saying all this, but um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And, and if we have huge news break at any point, um, at any point in here again, you know, I will absolutely either do another pod or cover it on um, Friday or, or Thursday or whatever the case. But um, yeah, it's, it's a lot to cover. It's exciting. And uh, I'm glad it's happened. But, um, you know, still some questions to answer for both the Blues and the league as a whole. So we will attempt to answer those questions on Twitter. You can follow us at Two Guys One Cup if you have not. I assume you got there from, got to hear from there instead of vice versa. But in case, love to have you over there. Love to have you review and uh, rate the podcast and uh, let me know how you feel about the solo vibe if it is something you hate although I assume if you're hearing me say this you've listened to the whole thing and uh, maybe have enjoyed it but let me know what you think if you want you know kind of more breaking news sort of updates like this we can do more of them uh, you know there probably won't be a lot of times where there's as much news as this to cover that um, you know Ian won't be around for a few days but uh, yeah, we're always looking to kind of make the podcast what you want to hear and, and have fun with it. So let us know. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Like I said, we'll have a podcast Thursday with um, what we have pre-recorded on Steen and some fun Christmas topics and probably another solo bit for me with any more news or signings or contracts. Hopefully, maybe we'll get a done extension by then. Uh, or something big will happen between now and then. I'm I'm pretty confident the way the NHL is moving right now. But wanted to get this out to you, get you an episode, and here it is. So thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, cheers to you. Um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas uh, for those of you who celebrate or who don't. It's still a season that you can enjoy, and uh, I hope you do. I hope you have a great week. Uh, appreciate all of you for listening and, and being with us through this crazy off season and hockey's almost here can't wait so talk to you soon see you on thursday and have a great night feliz navidad feliz navidad feliz navidad prospero año y felicidad feliz navidad